everybody, welcome to the Irish NFL show. This week we are we're getting there now, boys. We're around and I can't remember like 90 days to go until the NFL season. Delighted to welcome Jason Bell back to the show this week. Jason, how's it going? Everything's going well. I'm 90 days, huh? When I was a player, those days used to go way too fast for me in the offseason. I was trying to get a little bit more vacation time in and everybody else in the football world was rushing to get back to the season. Uh, so I'm on the other side now. I can't wait till this thing starts again. I can't wait either, man. And I'm, like, it's great to have you back on again. I know a, a lot of people are excited about this year, so welcome back in. What have you been up to? Because, I mean, January, you were on the show. February, Super Bowl, you and OC were working flat out. And have you had time to sort of sit down and relax or has it all been just busy, busy, busy since? Well, I'm busy, full-time daddy. You know, that, that takes up all the time and it's fun, right? It's enjoyable. But I spent a lot of time in the off-season reading. It's the same thing I did when I played. It was a time to kind of rejuvenate my mind and my body. Uh, I usually pick a couple of different things to read. I really focus on health and nutrition because when the season starts, it's just full go. So you just got to be ready. So I kind of approach everything like I'm still playing, even though I don't run around the corner anymore. So uh, I still have that same kind of approach. So yeah, just a lot of reading. And I suppose building on that, Jason, like taking you back to, to those playing days, what was it like at, at this time of year? You know, you're, you're, you're in, you're back in camp, you've got rookies joining. What was this time of year like? What would it be like for players? You know, it, Matt, it, it all depends on your position on a team. So for me personally, I, I would have spent all season kind of working on things I needed to get better at. So now I have a chance to really test that to really see if it's working. Because if it's not, I still got a little window of time to go back in the summer and really get ready for training camp. So it's, uh, for me, it was all about being in really good shape just to show the team that I was always someone they could depend on and prevent injuries and just go out there and kind of see exactly where I was uh, in the competition kind of atmosphere because for me every year I had to earn my job so I wasn't a guy that could just go in there and uh kind of you know figure it out I had to be at my best at every time I stepped on the field. Jason we're, we're a couple of months now since free agency and I suppose free agency this year was slightly different with the reduced cap for each team was there any teams that took your eye surprised you with signings or any particular players that you feel they're going to a, a team now that's really intriguing for the new season? Well, yeah, free agency is always interesting. And I, and I always like to look at the, the totality of it, especially with the draft and things like that. But when I, when I just look at free agency, I really like what New England did. And people got on it early when they picked up the two tight ends. But the reason I, I liked what their moves is, this is not a Belichick thing, right? He doesn't go out there and spend a lot of money, but he had to, their team had to get better. But I like what they're going to build on offense. They, they like Cam Newton. He is the alpha male in that locker room. Uh, he demands everyone's respect. And he's a great player. He still is a great player. But it's about building an offense around him uh, that leans to his skill set. And what I think they're going to do is while everybody else is going to three wide receivers and things like that, they're going to hit you with that two tight end look. And they're going to run the ball right at you. And you're going to have to adjust the, to the way they play the game on offense. And it's all about personnel. So I really like that. A decision with them I also like what Kansas City has done with that offensive line I mean that was 
we obviously know you got to protect Patrick Mahomes. Did a great job with that. And then really, I mean, who won the, the, the offseason and free agency is the team that won the Super Bowl that brought everybody back. I mean, when you win the Super Bowl and everybody comes back, how do you say you're not the best in the offseason? And that's hard to do. And, and that's what the Tampa Bay Bucks did. They, that, that lets you know how those players feel about that organization. Um, Jason, as a, as a Pats fan, I love you calling out the Patriots move there. I mean, Belichick, renowned for zigging when other people zag, whether it was the 3-4 to the 4-3, from power rush to spreading it out to two tight end offense. He tries to take advantage of market inefficiencies, and we'll see if he can keep the magic going. But um, outside of free agency, as you say, it's about the totality of things. It's not just the free agency. We haven't talked to you since the draft. And I have to ask, because it's always, and I'm sure there's players you were looking out for, is there anyone, you can't say Trevor Lawrence. That's a cop-out. We, we're all excited about seeing him in London. So you can't say Trevor Lawrence. But are there any rookie players that are coming into the league that you're particularly excited looking to see what they're going to bring to the picture? I would have said Justin Fields easily. I mean, Field, Justin Fields and Soldier Field because this guy, this, this team needs a quarterback. They haven't had a franchise quarterback in a long time. I mean, Jake Cutler was supposed to be that kind of guy. He had all that that talent, but it obviously didn't work out like that. Justin Fields on that team changes them. They have a defense that can win. They need a playmaker on offense at the quarterback position. This is a team that made the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky. That says a lot. Now they put a guy like that in there. It Whenever he does get in there, assuming that he gets a starting job, I just think that is a win for them, a great situation. When that happened, I thought they won the draft just by that pick. Yeah, I can't wait to see how Justin Fields does in Chicago. It's very different, Jason, I guess, in the UK and Ireland from what it was whenever we first spoke to you in regards to COVID. We now have these two games in London. We've got the Jags going up against the Dolphins and the Falcons going up against the Jets in Tottenham, Tottenham Master Stadium. You must have been delighted when you see those games. Some some really good matchups. Obviously, you got Trevor against two of there as well. Yeah, I mean, I love the matchups. First of all, I always look at quarterbacks. Whenever I, the roster comes out, I, I don't look at matchups as far as the teams are concerned, I look at what quarterbacks are playing, which quarterbacks, because we know right now in the NFL we're playing in that that position matters. So when you look at it, I'm so excited to get to see Trevor Lawrence, right? Live in action. And Miami's a great team, but he's against, he's up against a quarterback that's comparable, right? Tua, Tua still has to show that he's the guy over there. Uh, so he, he's going to have to play well, but I'm, I'm really excited to see those two teams. I think I'm a Brian Flores fan huge love what he's doing over there so just really excited to get to see them up and close and how they kind of operate hopefully get down to practice because what I like to do is watch teams practice and see how they that that kind of is orchestrated it tells me a lot about the team uh discipline efficiency things of that nature and then Atlanta you know I love what they're doing with their new head coach he obviously believes in uh Matt Matt Ryan I mean you know it's very interesting that they went away from Julio Jones, but not Matt Ryan. You would think both of those two guys left at the same time and you just do a complete rebuild, but they didn't because Arthur Smith obviously uh, likes his veteran quarterback and Matt Ryan. Interested to see Kyle Pitts up close, man. This dude is a matchup nightmare. So that's going to be interesting. And then the Jets, I mean, who doesn't want to see uh, Zach Wilson? You know, I, I have people, friends of mine that coach at the Jets. So I'm, I'm excited to see them and see what they're doing. 
And I've heard nothing but good things about this uh, quarterback and this new roster that they have. They were a terrible roster last year, the New York Jets, and they have improved so much. So we really get to see four teams that are really up and coming uh, to some extent. I mean, Jacksonville, man, who doesn't want to watch them this year? What Urban Meyer is going to bring to the table? I mean, every week I'm going to try to see what he's coming up with offensively because I have a feeling every player that's a, a weapon will be used as such on offense. Yeah, certainly lots to, to look forward to. And as we said at the, the top, Jason, we're 90 days away from Dak's return as he takes on the, 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 the Super Bowl champions. Just interested in, I suppose, this season's going to be, we've the return of fans, you know, of stadiums, it looks like, I think 31 of the 32 confirmed 100% capacity. What are you, what else are you excited about? Is it, is it Justin Herbert's second season and what the Chargers, can they stay fit? Or what will you be keeping an eye on uh, for the the 2021 season oh wow there, there's so much to look forward to I mean really for me as a football junkie and nerd I'm gonna look for who uses their rosters the best in the first quarter of the season those first four games with this extra game it's all about utilization of your entire roster. I want to see who's good at that. I want to see who's great at that because you're going to have to lean on some of those players later in the season. So I want to see who's found a way to do that the best way possible. It's not a thing that's used a lot in the NFL. You play your starters, you do what you do. You do not rotate unless there's a position battle to some extent. But I want to see which teams do a good job at that because I think those teams will be strong later in the year. And with the limited preseason games, it's all about getting better in those first four games. I want to see who improves week to week and really uh, kind of builds on their on their strengths and stays away from their weaknesses. So this is something, I, you know, week one, week two, it is what it is. If you can just be two and two coming out of that, I think you're a very you can be a very successful team. With the new season in mind, Jason, anything in particular BBC are working on for the new season? Is it yourself and OC continuing to do the highlight show? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't, you know, I can't announce anything yet, but it, it's, we'll, <laughs> it'll, we'll be rocking and rolling, um, doing as much as we possibly can. So, yeah, me and OC are very excited about this year. Uh, very excited about uh, our production team and people we're working with. So we spent a ton of time. I mean, I think I call OC way too many times with ideas and thoughts on how we can engage with the audience more. And we're just so committed to being out here and really working with this fan base. I mean, we are part of the football, the football American style culture out here. So uh, that's what I like to say. You know, it's, it's football everywhere in the world. We're just the American style. So, uh, you know, you guys can use that because I like you guys. You know how I feel about Ireland. Love it. Love it, Jason. And look, I mean, we talked last time you were on the show about your relationship, how you connected with OC the first time, obviously, that, as you said, you were kind of told, like, he's the guy you're going to get on with. And obviously, you've taken that into your post-playing careers as well, uh, subsequently. And listening to your podcast, the Jason and OC podcast, I mean, we would say over here, the crack you guys have, but the relationship, <laughs> the fun you have with each other uh, is so, so important. I always like to clarify, that's the Irish crack as well, not the American crack. Oh, you know I know about the Irish crack. Different. You know I know about that. I, I know you do, but, you know, just 
just to clarify for any American <laughs> colleagues listening in, everything we're not we're not suggesting you're you're engaged in the American crack in any way, shape, no. or form. <laughs> no. um, but but talking about your podcast, and it's a great listen. It's great to to hear. I was, I'm listening to your last uh, posting. I think last week, obviously, you and uh, OC touched on one of the you know the the killer stories during the entirety of this off season, which involves somebody who wears number twelve up in Wisconsin, and Aaron Rodgers now saying he's holding out the training camp and the uh, relations don't seem to have thawed, which is appropriate given the weather in Wisconsin, between him and the Packers organization very much. I mean, mind sharing your take and your thoughts on how this is all going to play out over the next few months? Well, I definitely don't know how this is going to play out because Aaron Rodgers is a brilliant individual. I don't think he makes any moves without looking at every implication of every decision. And that's a scary person to be dealing with. I think he's weighed every option and he is willing to articulate it in the way he, he wants to and then approach whatever decision he chooses to make uh, with resiliency. I mean, the guy, he's just different. Uh, he's very cryptic in the way he speaks, but yet you know exactly what he's saying. So what I think is this, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of NFL players, especially quarterbacks, have seen the power of the NBA, seen the power of stars in the NBA. And in our sport, no one can kind of use that authority the way quarterbacks can, right? And Aaron Rodgers is that guy. With that draft of Jordan Love the last year and uh, the way his contract was set up, it, it, it looked like they might be going a different direction before his time ran out. And he says it clearly as as you can see a great sky, beautiful day. I threw a wrench in their plans with my MVP. I threw a wrench in their plans. So now we're gonna adjust. How do you fix that? You gotta, maybe you gotta throw a ton of money at him, whatever you have to do, but you gotta fix that. And I, you know, he's very smart because his problem is um, uh, it's with the GM. It's not which, but it's interesting. I, I think his issue should be with uh, Mark Murphy, you know, who's kind of running the show. So I'm, I'm just not sure. Maybe he's just choosing one of them and going with that. I don't know what's happening in there. But uh, that being said, you know, the players are aligning with Aaron Rodgers, which is very scary for management. So they, I, they're not going to trade him, uh, not anytime soon or anything like that. But it's just interesting right now. He has all the chips. And I think you can look at all the information if he retires, what that cost him and all that kind of stuff. I just think he's thought this whole thing through. I don't think he's going to get caught off guard with any decision he makes. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what happens by, you know, will week one, will he be in that uniform on your highlight show in week one? Let's see, man. Let's see. Jason, uh, 10, 10 to 14 weeks left until the season starts. I want to thank you very much for coming on. Uh, if we do bump into you in Derry or something over the summer, you know, we'll definitely do a show or give you a shout. So everybody can check out the Jason and OC podcast as well on all good podcast providers. Jason, thanks a lot for your time, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. And yeah, you know, you know me and Derry got a special relationship, so you know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Jason Bell on the Irish NFL show. Our next guest this week is a guy that, uh, well, Played in Ireland a few years ago, but we're delighted to welcome him on to the Irish NFL show now. From the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, it's Harrison Butker. Harrison, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Harrison, we ask every guest this, and you're no, ex you're no exception. Have you any uh, heritage yourself generally to Ireland? Have you been to Ireland before? 
I've been to Ireland. So it was 2016, my senior season at Georgia Tech. We actually went down to Dublin and played Boston College there. As far as heritage, I've always heard that I have German in my background. Uh, I'm not so sure about the Irish, but they were they were great people down there in Dublin. So, you know, I'll, I'll accept it. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I remember uh, Harrison. I got the opportunity to to chat to you in the in the lead up to to the Super Bowl, and uh, you were telling us about your your adventures in Ireland at the time. And obviously, with the news that the NFL is going to be playing competitive games in Germany, maybe you'll get to to check out your family heritage in the in the years to come. But one of the things that I think might be really interesting is I know you played a lot of sport um, growing up, but how how did you come to, to become a, a kicker and uh, what was your route to, to Georgia Tech? Well, I grew up playing soccer. That was my first love. Slowly got into basketball later on, but my, my dream was always to be a professional soccer player in the Premier League playing in England. And when I got to high school, I started to get exposed to high school football to the atmosphere, all the fans. And I said, wow, this is, this is pretty awesome. And I didn't go to a big high school. So all the boys there basically played football. If you're an athlete, you played football. So I, I decided to finally quit club soccer. I still played the high school soccer. I couldn't give it up completely, but I stopped playing club soccer and tried out to be a kicker on the football team. I knew I had a decent leg from kicking a soccer ball. I didn't know how good I was until I finally went to a kicking camp and I got ranked very high in the country. And then just growing up in Atlanta, being able to go to a college 15 minutes from my house where my parents, my both sets of grandparents, they could all come watch me play. It was a that was my new dream now. So it was my new dream finally coming true. And I was able to play Division One football. And now, you know, I'm playing in the NFL, which it might even be better than playing in the Premier League. Harrison, I just want to jump into a question on last season, uh, week two away to the Chargers. I know you addressed it after the game at the time, but it's a lot of fans decided the world may have not seen that that interview. It was a very weird scenario where you had to kick three field goals in overtime in the space of a minute and a half. First one being a false start, second one obviously they tried to ice ice you, and then thankfully you hit the tour one. But three field goals, fifty plus yards. Just your mindset at that time, were you grown frustrated with the fact that you? Ever, you were continuously kicking them over, but yet you weren't winning the game. Yeah, that was a, definitely an, a fun game. I remember I started that game out, had an amazing warm-up in SoFi Stadium, obviously the premier stadium built in the NFL. Had a great warm-up, and then we started out the game. I had an extra point blocked. I'm just thinking, man, I feel so good in the stadium, and I'm not able to show it, unfortunately. Later on, I had a 58-yard field goal. I think it was in the, the third or fourth quarter or so. So that was kind of my first opportunity to, to kind of show all the hard work I'd put in from the offseason. I had made a lot of changes to my, my body composition. I had dropped body fat. I, I had gotten stronger. And then technique-wise, I was just really doing well. So I finally made that 58-yarder. So the coaches knew I, I had some range going into to overtime if we needed a long kick. And like you said, started it off with a 53-yard field goal. And unfortunately, offensive linemen, false start. So then it was a 58-yard field goal. I had a good idea they would probably ice me. But again, as a kicker, my mindset is this just more practice kicks for me. So I went ahead and kicked the ball, was able to make that. And then finally, the third one, the one that actually counted, that one went through as well. But that was kind of the first time maybe I, I had had a game winner in overtime, I think, um, I had one in, as a rookie, but that was in, in regulation. But, you know, only week two of my fourth season and to have that big of a kick, that was amazing. And I was just able to enjoy it with my teammates. Um, 
so yeah, it was just a, an amazing experience. And I think that gave me a lot of momentum going into to the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Um, Harrison, lovely to hear you're originally a soccer fan. I would ask you about the premiership, but that might kick off a row on this uh, particular show uh, with different views. So we'll, we'll, we'll steer clear of that. But talking of your kicking game, talking obviously of your performances in various uh, games, you're quite metronomic. I think if I'm right in saying, I think you've got the second highest field goal percentage of all time behind only Justin Tucker. So all that hard work you put in clearly comes to pass. But it's fair to say as well, like you're one of the kickers that proves that, you know, kickers are real players too as well. And you've had, certainly had some highlights. I'm thinking back to college as well when you were tackling Duke Johnson, which you have up on your Instagram page. I mean, it's a prime example of like, Kickers can play this game in different ways as well. You're pretty proud of that one. Yeah, I was um, really – uh, that's really exciting that you were able to even find that. I guess you went through my Instagram to see that. But Duke Johnson, that was a guy that I watched, I think, even when I was in in high school, just hearing about Duke Johnson, great running back in the ACC for the uh, University of Miami. And I think it was my – maybe my sophomore year, freshman or sophomore year, so 2013, 2014 – kicking off to Duke Johnson. And I think right when I was able to go tackle, tackle him, he must've been slowing down and looking for another hole. Probably wasn't even thinking I, uh, the kicker was, was going to be there. And I kind of pulled him down and made the tackle, but throughout my time at Georgia tech, we did tackling drills and I've continued to do that with the chiefs. I think if you're out on the field, there's 10 guys that are, are paid to make tackles. You're not necessarily paid to make a tackle as a kicker but I think it's a, a cherry on top and I think the coaches and the players they really appreciate that seeing their their kicker or their punter not afraid to put their head in there and uh and try to make the tackle and I, I've been um really proud of the fact that that I've been able to develop as an athlete to the best of my ability obviously if uh if, if God had given me an even a, a better body I'd probably be a receiver or a safety or something but he's given me a lot and I'm trying to maximize that and be the best kicker I possibly can be one of the big things ours in this week for us over here in Europe especially when we didn't have any games last year is this expansion into Germany now you're a guy that had a 70 yard kick in Mexico City during warm-ups so you know, talking about your family history there, you, you must be very excited to see the game expand and then maybe in the next few years have that opportunity to play in, in Germany or even a different country. Yeah, I think it's a great thing for, for the game of American football to be able to spread out and kind of compete maybe a little bit with soccer, which is the biggest sport in the world. So I, I, I'm really happy that I'm a part of a, a sport that is that is expanding and, and getting bigger and bigger. And as far as Germany, you know, they don't speak English, so that'll be difficult. At least in Ireland, I could understand what everybody was saying, but maybe I have to go back to my roots a little bit and, and learn some some German before we, we hope, hopefully play there. Oh, Harrison, look, obviously at the Chiefs, I think we could talk about the, the caliber of players um, and, and the caliber of, of coaching staff. But I think one of the things that would be interesting is particularly that the special teams coach um, who, you know, is so incredibly talented, Dave Taub, interested in, in just hearing your thoughts as somebody who kind of works with, with him every day. What, what is, uh, what is your, that uh, working relationship like and, and what's he like to, as a coach? Yeah, Coach Tobe is a, a great coach, a great special teams coach. You know, a special teams coach has to understand offensive players, defensive players, and then they also have the, the kicker, punter, and long snapper. So I think, you know, in Coach Tobe's case, he's the assistant head coach. He has to know all the guys on the team. That's kind of the, the task that the special teams coach has. I think he's, he's very much focused on end results. 
So when you get to practice, he definitely puts the pressure on you. And I think that helps me uh, to handle the pressure when I get to those big moments in the regular season or postseason games. So he's been a, a great coach for me. He's been able to push me. And he's always finishing, you know, top five in, in the special teams rankings because he does a great job understanding where to put certain guys, how to um, take advantage of certain weaknesses in the, in the other teams. He does a great job game planning. So he's a he's a great special teams coach and he, he knows his personnel really well. And I'm very thankful that he's my special teams coach. And hopefully we can we can continue on uh, the great job we've been doing uh, with the Chiefs. Harrison, can I ask you about the mindset within the camp at the moment? I know it's very early, you know, in June, and it's, a, it's still a bit to go before the new season. But I suppose the Chiefs are Chiefs are unique in a way. You're, you're coming off two Super Bowls in a row, one in which you won, which you won, which unfortunately you've lost. But you obviously hear about the Super Bowl hangover and teams that just never seem to recover from losing a Super Bowl. Has Coach Reid addressed that game in particular, or is he just focusing on the new season? Um, you know, right now we don't have a ton of team meetings, you know, the offenses together, defense together, special teams, but you know, we, we all have a vision to get back to the Super Bowl third in a row. That's a very rare thing. So that's a big motivator for us as well. And then to finish the job and win the Super Bowl. I think we had a lot of guys return, I'd say from the 2019 to 2020 years. And maybe, maybe this is true. Maybe it's not, but to me, it seems like we have a, a lot of new guys in the locker room. So we'll have to find our own identity this year. Coach Reed is process oriented. He's going to get us, you know, in the building, doing the things we need to do to, to be successful. So if there's a coach that's going to rest on their laurels of getting the two Super Bowls in the past, it's not going to be Coach Reed. And he's going to find out how to take advantage of the new personnel that we have now on this uh, 2021 Chiefs team. Yeah, Harrison, three three appearances in a row isn't done very often. I want to say the Patriots, the Bills, obviously, in the 90s, and maybe the Dolphins in the 70s are the only teams that have ever done that. So good luck to you and the Chiefs in trying to you know, join those uh, uh, historic teams, obviously, in such an achievement. I just want to touch on something. You know, obviously, you mentioned a couple of things. It's clear that you're very grateful, as you say, for the gifts you've been given and the opportunity you've been given in the NFL. And I think it's clear from... Um, looking at some of the things obviously you put out there that you know that's very important to you about giving back and I see obviously you've got the Harrison Buck Family Foundation and you talk quite a lot about the importance of faith for you and your family and, and aspects like that I mean just wondering about your thoughts on that how that impacts on you as a player as a as a person as a, as a you know a husband as well. Yeah the the Harrison Bucker Family Foundation or I guess the Bucker Family Foundation um, it's set up, it's a vehicle for my wife and I to be able to give to different charities and projects that are really on our heart that we want to support. And obviously faith is the most important thing in my life. It helps me be a better husband, helps me be a better father, and then helps me be a better football player as well. The goal is to grow in virtue, grow in, grow in holiness. And as long as I stay centered on what's most important, I think that'll fuel the rest of the the areas of my life, but we're we're super excited to finally have the foundation set up to be able to give back. Um, you know, God's blessed me um, immensely with lots of things, and I'm the steward of this money, and I can I can give back and help a lot of a lot of people in, in different ways. So I'm really excited to to get going on that. Harrison, a couple of ones from me. First off, I'm going to ask it because, you know, we're, we're over here in Ireland, UK, etc. Have you got a favourite Premier League team? Because it's obviously blown up in the States. And secondly, 
where did this nickname uh, Butt Kicker start? Because it's obviously the best Twitter username on, on Twitter and it's fantastic to see. Um, so growing up, my favorite team was Liverpool. You know, when I was in fourth, fifth grade, that must have been 2004, I think around there. They didn't really show soccer games, you know, on ESPN, ESPN. So you had to have a certain special package, you know, in the United States to be able to watch. Uh, I think it was Fox Sports. I don't know. It was some some different package that I finally got because I was addicted to watching soccer. But I remember watching Liverpool versus AC Milan in the Champions League final. It was 2004, 2005, I think. And Liverpool won in penalty kicks. And that was when I became a, a Liverpool fan. But I do have to admit, now that I've gotten to – to playing American football ever since I probably got to college. I just have not kept up with, with uh, Premier League. I know LeBron James is the owner of Liverpool and Liverpool recently won, but uh, I can't say I'm, I'm currently a, uh, a soccer fan, but you know, Liverpool is, is doing well. So I'll still, I'll still claim them. Um, and then what was the other question? Uh, yeah. Just your nickname, obviously at butt kicker. Uh, where did that start? Was it you as a coach Reed, or where did that come from? So Coach Reed, he said buttkicker.com after that 2017 Monday night football game, the game-winning kick at the end of regulation. But I actually had that as my social media handle, I think, all the way back uh, into high school. I think I was it was buttkicker82 because I was number 82 on the football team. And I, I don't think I came up with it. I was in the training room one day, and I think a trainer maybe, maybe mentioned it. You know, oh, that'd be a cool name, play on with your last name to be called Butt Kicker. But I will say Coach Reed probably – probably made it famous when he said that in the interview uh, when I was a rookie. Harrison, uh, as, a, as a soccer fan, have you had the opportunity to watch Ted Lasso yet? Ted Lasso, no, I haven't. Oh, you got you to gotta check that out. If you're, if you're a soccer fan, I think, uh, I think you're going to enjoy that one. That's uh, maybe when, when you get a bit of time between uh, OTAs now and, and training camp. That might be uh, uh, something to, to to add to your to your watch list. But um, one of the things that I thought, thought was interesting is is on your your website you have a it's great it's almost like a rocky video the to the heights uh, where you're going up the steps and stuff. And can you just talk to us a little bit about I suppose about like what that kind of, what that slogan and, and and your your philosophy and your approach to to your career? Yeah, I think uh, to the heights kind of means three things to me. Number one is striving for holiness. Like I said, trying to get to know God as best we can and strive to, to be like him in all areas of our life. Number two is, is excelling in, in everything you do. So whether it's your job, if you're a professional athlete or you're like my dad and you're a computer programmer, whatever it may be as a husband, as a father, just striving to be the best um, that, that you possibly can be based on the gifts that God has given you. And then number three, you know, just with kicking, you know, I want to get the, the ball as high as I can. So nobody blocks it and then get it right down the middle through the, through the upright. So I'd say it's a threefold meeting for me. Harrison, we were fortunate to interview Graham Gano recently and he, I suppose he laid claim to uh, the career in which um, Adam Vinatieri had and he was praising him so much and he, he focuses his own game on him for years growing up. Is there any particular kicker when you were, I suppose, in the college level that you, you kind of looked at from an NFL point of view and you wanted to model your game on him as much? Oh, well, actually, Graham was was one of them. I remember uh, being really impressed with with his season. I think it was – maybe it was Cam's MVP season in 2015, I think it was. Just being impressed with his leg strength, his composure, how he hit the ball. Even Justin Tucker, who's number one for career field goal percentage, he's a guy that I uh, will look at his technique as well. And 
there's a lot of guys in the league that I try to get a little bit from, I think to be the top kicker, top 32 kickers in the world, there's going to be something unique about you that you can probably learn from. Um, yeah. As far as Adam Vinatieri, he's a, he's a living legend to basically have two, what is it? 14, uh, year-long seasons you know one with the Patriots and one with the Colts it was something like that around 28 years you know, probably know but um yeah so to be able to go to Carolina learn from Graham Gano what was a was a blessing and then obviously being able to watch Vinatieri and play against him but I didn't I didn't really watch Vinatieri when he was with the Patriots and he wasn't a guy that I saw a lot of when I was in college just just um you know trying to learn stuff from NFL guys um, Harrison, I want to I want to say that Vinatieri's career began, I think, in '96 with the Pats. So, like, I mean, there are players in the NFL that are younger than that. I mean, that's the, the, the ridiculous length, obviously, of his career over the time. And as well, you calling out into the heights and you wanting to get height on your kicks. If I recall correctly, I think you've only ever had one field goal blocked. So, I think you're doing pretty well at getting the height and the elevation on your field goals. So, um, fair play to you for that continued uh, success. I suppose, Harrison, look, we've got lots of Chiefs fans as well in Ireland, in the UK, in around Europe. A lot of people watch the show in relation to that. And you touched on, obviously, you're going for a, a little piece of greatness this season in trying to be a team to go back to back to back in Super Bowls uh, in terms of appearances. Um, just wondering, and I know what you said in OTAs at the moment, it's very much segregated special teams, offense and defense. But how are things going so far? Are you getting that sense of the... Back to, you know, everything's clicking, the, you know, it's all there, the juice is back and uh, lots of optimism for the upcoming season. Or, you know, just give us an insight on how you're seeing it at the moment. Yeah, I think it's been going well. You know, we, we've been looking at this time together as a team as just bonus practices because last offseason we had none of this. You know, and some teams aren't meeting. We, we are. We're having great practices together. And I think it's important when you have a lot of turnover, you have a lot of new guys, especially on the offensive line, for them to get used to playing together, um, playing with Patrick. And it's, it's good for me to be in pressure situations rather than, you know, kicking at a local high school field by myself. I'm able to kick uh, and have big pressure kicks with the team, which you always need. You know, you can't ever be complacent. So I think this time is very special together. I think it's been going well for the amount that I'm able to see, you know, practices are very short and I'm normally warming up for whatever special teams period we have coming up. But from, from what I've seen, it's been very good. And like I said, coach Reed and his coaching staff are going to get the guys ready to go um, and get all those new players where they need to be. Harrison, uh, just before we go, these guys are going to kill me if they don't try to mount. Uh, friend of the show, Brad Britt, Chief, one of the biggest Chiefs fans in the UK, uh, has his own show now, obviously with our heads abroad. The Great British Chief Show on our head pride as well. Harrison, massive Kansas City fan base over here. They were texting me. I sent them a picture going, Harrison's on. They were all going crazy. So big shout out to them. And uh, look, Harrison, obviously a massive thank you for your time. Hopefully uh, we'll get to chat to you again over the next few uh, weeks and months. As a Broncos fan and as Carl's a Broncos fan, I can't wish you too much luck, but obviously I hope you have a good season. And uh, look, hopefully you're, you're welcome on any time. And, and, and thank you very much for your time, man. Yeah, this was great. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been a great Irish NFL show today with uh, Jason Bell and there was Harrison Butker on the show. Finally, with the news this week in Germany, we're delighted to welcome uh, the boss of, of, of the NFL over in Germany, uh, Jan Stecker to the show. Jan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to see you. I didn't know that uh, the Irish people are so in, in, in American football. It's cool. 
I thought you wanted to do rug, rugby and these these crazy things with batting each other <laughs> or something. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we've and Colm, I'm sure you can tell, Jan. We've we've got the college game over here as well, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool. Nice. Very nice. Oh. So, Jan, you're obviously the, the host of um, the, the NFL in Germany, but, um, you, know, uh, you know, your love affair with the, the, the game, I think, began long before you, you, uh, you became your, your t- a TV host. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, that journey of, of how you became a fan? That was, that was certainly crazy because I was, uh, when I was 20 years old, I went with my brother to, to a football game in, in, in Cologne and we said, well, this is crazy. This is a great game. And then we, we were just in football. My brother was 16. I was 20. We would say, hey, that's, that's our sport. You know, we got to do that. And then I, I, I ordered some videos. You had to, to order videos. That was 1980 uh, to see football, college football. So all these college football videos, we, we saw the videos of college football. And then we said, okay, man, this is our sport. Then we bought a ball. I don't know where we did it. We, I thought we went to Frankfurt. That's about 200 kilometers by the car to buy just the ball. And then we start throwing the ball, you know, my brother and me. And uh, I was looking at the college guys, how they throw it. And I was doing like, okay, this is the way to throw a ball. And we tried this. And then we, we started to play football in a team in Cologne. And uh, actually, I was further on when, I, when, we, when we played it for one year. I started as a fullback. And then I, I went to quarterback because the, the coach said, hey, man, you, you're a hell of a throw. <clears throat> was the only quarterback in the first league in Germany who uh, replaced the, the American guy because we had a college quarterback there and then that was the only one who, who put him on the bank and, uh, and went into the game. There was further on, I was a national quarterback and I had a good time, but I never was in college because I started too late, but it was a great time. I played 11 years and uh, the crazy thing is at the end of my career, uh, I had to work a little bit, so I couldn't go to every training. I, I, I switched on tight end, you know, and tight end is a position where you have to be really like, so I trained a little more and then I played tight end for the last two years. And now my son is playing tight end and the same team that I played uh, in this time. So this is great for me. And I'm now the chairman of, of my team, which I played in, in uh, Cologne 40 years ago. And then I started to make stadium speaker when I stopped, you know, I started to, 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 to win the stadium and say, okay, guys, this is the time. Come on, let's go for the Cologne Crocodile. And I was really good. So I think they called me from the NFL Europe <clears throat> to make the stadium announcer for uh, Düsseldorf Rheinfire, which was a very famous uh, NFL Europe team <clears throat> in this time. I did this for 10 years and, and that was a crazy thing that happened. <clears throat> they said that uh, I did it. I did a sentence uh, every time third down when, when the, the offense of our opponents were on the field. And I said, we had a full stadium. You know, it was a soccer stadium, 44,000 people. And I said, every time I went to the microphone, I said, make some noise. And then the whole stadium got crazy. You know? And then the, the coaches of the other teams, they, they called the NFL in New York and they said, hey, this guy is crazy. You know? we, we cannot... Uh, we cannot do our place because nobody hears it. It's too loud in the stadium. And then I get a call from the New York NFL headquarter and they said, Mr. Stecker, you are not allowed to say anymore, make some noise, you know? <laughs> so I was, yeah, I still got it, you know? Crazy, I got it. They called me. And then uh, I think a few years later, I bought me the new, um, the new Madden game on PlayStation, you know? I, I still played with my sons. And you know what the stadium speaker on this game in the PlayStation said? He said, make some noise. And I get, man, you're in. Now you're totally in. <laughs> and then I, I started my, my, my TV career. I was a, a host of a, of a car TV show and everything. And then one day the, 
the big boss of this big, big channel came to me and he said, uh, hey, uh, we were doing the Super Bowl right now. And you were, I remember you were national quarterback and everything. And he said, uh, so why don't you be the, the host of this show or I'll be the expert on this show? And I said, uh, great, thank you very much. I'll do that, you know, for sure. And then this show was going on and there was a few years later, we started to present the whole season. <clears throat> and then, and since then, I'm, I'm the host of this whole season. So uh, it's, it's, and this, is, this show gets crazy. It's, every year we have more and more viewers and uh, we are actually now, we are the second best uh, TV show for sport behind soccer, which is crazy. You know, never, no one of, of us expected this. So I'm really happy. I can do this, what I always wanted to do. And I do my favorite sport. And now I'm 61. I can do it for maybe two, three more years. And I'm happy with that, you know, totally happy. Well, obviously, congratulations on your continued success there as well. And going from a quarterback to a tight end, a little bit like Tim Tebow as well. But, um, yeah, but I obviously... can tell you, they, they, I don't know if I can say this on your TV show, but they fucked me as a tight end. You know, I had some defensive ends. They just they just run over me. You know? I couldn't catch the ball. <laughs> it was, my son is, is right now much better than I ever was on tight end. You know? <laughs> Well, absolutely. Well, look, it's it's obviously a fantastic week for you guys. I mean, for a start, as somebody from Ireland, seeing the game grow around Europe is one thing, but to actually have this news this week that German fans have been waiting for many years. Uh, Brett Gosper, who was on our show a few weeks ago, coming out and talking about the importance of the German market, announcing the bidding process has effectively started for cities' locations in Germany. Um, Jan, have you any uh, thoughts or preferences on how that might happen? Have you a city in mind yourself that you think is ready to go? We've seen Peter King mention about uh, the Allianz Arena in, in Munich. Uh, obviously a very exciting time for you. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm uh, working in the Allianz Arena. I'm doing a, a little show for, for VIP people in a big, uh, how do you call that, a launch. The greatest launch in this, in this Allianz Arena for Bayern Munich, for every home game of Bayern Munich. Uh, without the Corona time, of course, but uh, I think the Allianz Arena has has uh, some real good things. Uh, why you should do a football game there? First thing is they have the best launches in Germany. So for all these VIP people that will come, they feel really happy there, you know. And the second thing is it's one of the uh, most modern stadiums uh, arenas that we have in Germany. But I think that uh, uh, that maybe it's we have enough people also we can put. 65,000 people in there. But I think uh, the problem would be that uh, for all the staff guys and for all these 53 players and every hundreds of coaches and assistants, you know, there's not enough room there. It could be a little small. I mean, they can solve this. And I think that for the Americans, Munich is is uh, definitely one of the, the best known cities that they know in, in America. And I think that all the players when you say to them, hey, you, gotta go, you can go to Cologne, to Düsseldorf, or to Munich, they always say, hey, let me go to Munich. Munich is great. Let's let's be there when the Oktoberfest is, you know, so we can have a little fun there. Uh, so there's a lot of things that speaks for, um, for Munich. But actually, I think it's another spot also is Berlin. That's the most hottest spots right now for a game uh, for the NFL. And I think Berlin is a little bit better anyway. It's a, it's a historical stadium. It's the Olympic stadium, you know. And they, they made a lot of good things. Now it's a real modern studio, uh, stadium where, where you can really do everything. And it's great. It's big. You have enough room. I think this would be the better choice for, for the NFL. And Berlin is also a city everybody wants to go because uh, the city has, has a lot of history. And it's a crazy city. It's a tough, crazy city, really, I swear. 
I I I played in a in a soccer tournament in uh, in Berlin in uh, university, and uh, I can attest to it being a crazy city. Yeah, but a great party city. I, I don't know how much sport we played, but we had we had a great time. Now the the group uh, we talked to Henry Hodgson a few weeks ago, and he was really he was a fascinating guy, of course, Henry. But one of the things he told us was that internationally. The, the NFL kind of divides the market into, you know, six distinct markets and obviously Germany being one of them. You've seen huge growth in Germany um, in viewing figures in the, the last kind of, I think, as particularly since 2017 was the figures I saw and now might be going on even further. I'm interested in, in your um, take on, um, I suppose, the growth of football. Like, is, is, it, is it due to NFL Europe? Is it, is it a newer phenomenon? What, what are your thoughts on that, Jan? Well, the first thing is the NFL Europe was a very good thing, but it was only only public and, and good in the stadiums. It was there was a great atmosphere, and we had some some great rituals, you know, uh, what what we're doing with the fans, and we have full stadium when Galaxy played Brian Fire, or it was like fifty thousand people out there in Frankfurt or in or in Düsseldorf. Uh, that was a good thing, but uh, on TV, football was only on pay TV this time, you know. So it was not it was not breaking all over Germany. It was just the, the fans of the teams that came into the stadium. So this time was great. It ended in 2007. Uh, I know it because I was the stadium speaker in in, uh, in Düsseldorf, and it was a very sad time for every fan. But that was not the thing that that put football up. That's the reason why they stopped it because they said, okay, there are some fans there, but it's not you know overall Germany. And I think actually really the the hype. We call it believe the hype. That's what we always say for 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 American football. Uh, started in 2012 when we started to to go on with the Super Bowl, presenting it on a uh, public uh, TV. So it was uh, free TV. And uh, then when when we started to show the whole season, we had a new concept, and that was never done before in Germany. We had uh, a moderator, that's me, who is also a commentator. And we have an expert sitting in a big, huge studio. And on the other side, we have Chewbacca. We call him Chewbacca. It's it's a, a guy with long blonde hairs, full bar, you know, a real nice guy who speaks Berlin slang. And he's he's totally crazy. He's social media. I don't know. He's fantastic on social media, you know. And and then we said, okay, let's do something new. And we and I remember that we sit down in a big room. We said we have to do something special with this, something with this special sport. And so we said, what we need is social media because social media is getting bigger and bigger. That was 2015. And then we had, uh, by us also, we were sitting there both. And there on the side is sitting Chewbacca and he's doing uh, those social media. He gets in the people, you know, he, he take them in the show and they commentate and, he, and he, he's, he's asking us questions from the social media. And this never has been done before and still nobody uh, else does it. Yeah. And that was the, the point when all everything changed. So every year, uh, we have more and more spectators, and it's uh, the the. I think the main fact is this special sh show that that never has been seen before. So the fans are really into American football. They're in the show, and for all the fans on TV, the greatest thing that ever happens to them is when they see a photo of them in our show. You know, when 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 Aker, that's his name, shows them their photos. That's the biggest thing. What what can happen to these guys? So, and this all. Is going bigger and bigger and bigger, and now we had, I think, in the last uh, Super Bowl, we had at, at three o'clock at night or four o'clock, we had three million uh, spectators, and that's crazy. It's crazy numbers, you know. And um, I think this was the thing to present a whole 
new show. And of course, we had luck when we made a casting to find guys like the coach, who's my expert. He's a black guy from Hamburg, you know, and he's talking this Hamburg slang. And uh, he and Björn Werner, I don't know if you Björn Werner knows, geez, he was a, the only first round pick ever of Germany who went to the Indianapolis Colts and he played there for three years as a defensive end. And they both, when they do this show with me together, man, we have so much fun. And we're talking and they let us run, you know? It's not like, oh, you cannot say this, you cannot say this. No, we're saying shit all night long, you know? And the people love it when we do that, you see? Sometimes you have to go to the boss and they said, okay, last time, okay? This was one, one, two, one way too much, but okay. But this is also a thing. They let us run, you know? There's no nothing we, we cannot do. We can talk about everything and then we can have fun. And we are not always having the same meaning. So we're fighting in the show uh, on, a, on a very humor, with a lot of humor, you know. So this works like hell. And so we're getting more and more people coming to it. And I, the people on the street, they call me and say, man, this is the greatest thing. We show, we're seeing this show every Sunday. We call it, uh, how do you, like the, the show is called on the fans, like this uh, film with uh, Al Pacino, Any Given Sunday. You know, and this is how they call our show any given Sunday. That's that's really cool. I think this is this is the story behind this. I have to say, Jan, you know, from looking at the aspect of it, I think for you know, obviously me and Colin were in Ireland, but you know, we would watch mainly the UK coverage. I think a lot of us until this week, a lot of fans here actually didn't realize the sheer scale and growth of the game in, in Germany. And I think a lot of us are delighted that the games are happening in Germany and for us it's an excuse to go to Berlin or Munich in maybe in October but uh, do you have a preference Jan on the two teams that will play so for example the first ever game in London in 07 you had the Giants come over surely uh, Germany would uh, maybe host a big game obviously the Packers Jan that I've never played uh, in Europe so that, that would be a huge game to kick it off I can show you so do you see the sign behind me over up there <laughs> This is Packers. This is Packers. So you see, this this is where my couch. I'm sitting here in my in my in my uh, living fun room. Oh, sorry. What I want to say is, I'm a totally Packers fan. So I'm yeah. I'm just, I got I got a ball here uh, with a sign of Brett Favre, which I interviewed in on the 50th of the uh, Super Bowl. So Packers would be my preference, definitely. And I would love, I would really love to see the Packers play against uh, Tom Brady. If Aaron Rodgers still plays for the Packers, let me see him against Tom Brady in Germany. That will, that will be the greatest thing ever. Good. So that was my first preference. Packers at uh, Tampa, against Tampa. That would be, uh, that'd be quite the, the game, Jan, I think, uh, in, in, in fairness. Um, I suppose, um, you know, ju just in terms of um, like the, you know, the NFL, we've seen that, that commitment to, to the growth internationally and, and, and now taking the, the, the formal uh, steps. Um, what, what are your thoughts, I suppose, on the, the kind of the, the growth of the game? We, we, you know, Ger Germany now, Me Mexico, the UK. Do you think this great game can grow even, even bigger and, and, and go beyond even those borders? I think I really think so. Uh, I mean, it's like it's like, uh, of course, the English people country, the English speaking countries like like uh, England, uh, Ireland, Australia, and so they are in football anyway. I think. I mean, the Australians have footy. That's a very hard sport too. But uh, 
I think that it can grow more and more and more. And then when you see when I was I was about every year two times in London to see the game there and commentate the game from there. And when you see how many fans from from all over Europe are coming there, this is so crazy that it's, it's always it's not only in the stadium they come there to just celebrate, you know, to just have party in London. And I think uh, it can grow more and more. Um, the thing is that that Europe is a soccer community you know everybody is is on soccer I, I also like soccer of course but and uh this this soccer is so big here in europe that it's going to be very difficult for for other sports to to get the same level that soccer is but i think that when you now have germany as a spot also for a football game you have you have still have london as a spot for a football game why not do it in paris also sometimes you know so you have more games in europe and then it's getting growing up and up and more and more and uh, I, I can really say to every TV station in every country in Europe, find your Chewbacca, you know, do what, what we do with the social media, because social media is such a, a multiplicator, you know, for this game. It, it really, it, it, the people, when people are, are able to join into the show and to say their own opinion, you know, this is the best thing you can do. So if you, if you really do this, then you can make it bigger and bigger because you get the people involved in it more and more, you know. That's that's one thing I could say to every TV station: find find your Chewbacca. You, you need a guy like this really, who speaks what he's thinking. You know, it's sometimes crazy, but it's great. We will have to call him. Maybe get Neil Reynolds from Sky Sports on and, and ask him to find this Chewbacca, and we'll maybe get that, get that to go viral now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just one thing before we go. When I was thinking about this, you know, it's obviously great. You know, hopefully, God willing, maybe next year we've got two or three or maybe four games in London, a game in Germany. You know, you could even see a team go to London as the away team and then spend a week in Germany as the home team. I mean, for you in the media, that would be a dream, wouldn't it? It would, it would be pretty cool to see them go from London to Berlin or Munich. Greatest thing ever. I mean, why don't why don't put one team for Europe, you know, a Europe team who maybe changes the place. But the, the thing is, it's, it's very difficult, I think, because this team... Uh, has to travel to uh, you can do it you, you can say you have to change some rules you have to say okay you play your your home games after one after another you know so you don't have to always fly back and forward to 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 the usa uh, and and the other on the other side you go for eight weeks to to uh, america and play your your uh, out games there and um, but it's very difficult. They, they thought about this. The Jaguars wanted to, they, they really said, hey, why don't we go to London? Because London is great. We love London. Why don't we play there and stay there? Uh, but I think this is a very difficult thing. I don't know if this is, is going to be realized. Uh, it's very difficult you know, because it's very tough for the, for the guys. I mean, and on the other side, also in America, you have to draw, travel for six hours, you know, sometimes. So you have a, have a real, it's also flying a long time. So why don't just put, three hours more and you're you're in europe but you it's i don't i don't know if this is gonna happen and i'm not sure i would i would love it really and it don't yeah. have to be a german team it can be an english team <laughs> it, it, anywhere in europe it's just great that the games are are closer and yeah and we just want to thank you so much for for giving us uh, your time i mean we can we can see the excitement through you of the the, 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 the growth and the, the game in germany i mean i looked at i mentioned earlier i think the 20 percent rise but as you said the super bowl had incredible viewing figures more than three million that's been growing i think setting new records for the last three years i know that nfl the germany is the largest of the nfl shop nfl fantasy football and for madden sales so clearly it is the the, the bedrock 
and it's great for, to see fans, um, you know, have the opportunity to have games in their their kind of whole, their country. So we are excited. Ireland is excited for, for Germany, and uh, we're looking forward to to coming on over and partying and enjoying those games. So uh, all just. Yeah, I just say, call me when you come to Munich if, or Berlin when when the game is there. We're going on, but we do it after the game, okay? Not before the game because I think when we when we three go out, it's gonna be real tough, you know. So let's do it on Sunday after the game. So, but you're definitely invited. And we Thank will you. definitely return the invitation for you to come to see Northwestern against Nebraska in Dublin in August next year. Before oh, I would NFL love season. to go to Dublin. I really would love to go. I've, I've, I've always wanted to go to Dublin. I have some friends who are, uh, with who I play golf and, and we always said we got to go to Ireland, play some golf there. And we, I'll come to Dublin. Don't worry. It's going to be tough <laughs> for you too. But the good thing is, the good thing is, the good thing is, your colleague, his column is also, it's already married, so nothing can happen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have been an absolute gentleman. Uh, Continued success to you, Chewbacca, the team there, and to to everyone in Germany. Congrats on on the game again. And look, uh, all the best. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. All the time, whenever you want, okay? And and good luck for you tomorrow, man. (laughs) Thank you. Have fun, okay? You're looking good. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. (laughs)